Welcome back to another episode of A Positive Insights. And today, Harry Chambers and myself were joined by Martin Hurd, CEO of JobAdder. And we talked about the ANZ market report, which they release on a half yearly basis. Some really insightful stats, which I really enjoyed. What were your thoughts, Harry? Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting podcast, this one. Uh, always good to speak with a, a partner in the market, especially one the size of JobAdder. Um, it was really interesting that, that Martin spoke to the efficiency of, of consultants and how they can use the data in the report to um, to improve their, their placement ratios. So another really interesting one. Yeah, I really like that efficiency piece and the way you can use the data to help. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this one as much as we did. Please like, please share and please subscribe. We are still trying to grow the podcast. We hope you had a great day and uh, we hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks. Welcome back to another episode of April's Insights. Today, we have the pleasure of being joined by Martin Herbs, the CEO of JobAdder. Martin, how we like to start the podcast is, can you share something interesting that your listeners may not be aware of? Yeah, sure thing. First off, ha thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, Martin Herbs, the CEO of JobAdder. Um, something that you may not know about me. I mean, the more obvious one, of course, is I'm not from Australia um, originally. You can probably discern that from the, discern <laughs> that from the accent. Uh, but, uh, you know, actually, this I was up on the RCSA stage up in Hamilton Island a couple weeks ago, and um, the Andrew Klein, who emceed it, asked me for something similar. So I'm going to go with the same thing because I like it. But um, one thing you may not know about me is I'm actually an identical twin. So there's someone like me living across um, wow. the, you know, the other side of the, the earth uh, around the Boston area. So I've got a twin brother. I didn't know we were identical until we actually turned age 42. Um, the doctor diagnosed us as fraternal twins for whatever reason. Um, actually, my parents didn't even know they were going to have twins at the time that we were born. So that's a whole other story. Um, and actually, it was pretty cool because a couple months ago, I took a trip um, first to Boston to see family and friends. I had a big birthday. I actually hit my 50th. Um, and then over to the UK uh, to see our team there. And I was able to surprise my mom and my dad. I just showed up um, and pretended actually I was my brother. And uh, <laughs> but they, they, they figured it out in a couple of seconds. Um, but we got it on film, which is cool. No, that's amazing. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for that insight. I've actually, I was at Hamilton Island. I heard you speak, but I don't remember that. <laughs> so that's uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So, yeah, so obviously, thanks again for coming on. Um, so we're talking about the industry report today, the job ladder recruitment industry report. Do you want to, um, I suppose, give us a little bit of background on that? How long has it been running for? What are the statistics that you measure? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we've we been doing this for, I'd say, about three years now. Um, it was shortly after I arrived. So I started job out of July of 2020. Um, obviously, very in interesting time to start a job, start recruitment. I mean, like, it's been a roller coaster if you think about it. Like, you know, just in terms of what's happened with the... Um, with the recruitment industry post COVID um, essentially. So um, we started looking at it on a quarterly basis and sort of then slowed it down to get sort of deeper insights every six months. And so, cause if you think about what we have across job adder, we have, I mean, of course there's multiple countries, but if you just take Australia, like, you know, well over 2000 um, recruitment agencies that are on the job adder platform. And so with that, you can, we've aggregated a bunch of the key data points um, across the different, you know, the sort of recruitment cycle from job demand into sort of supply of candidates and placement ratios and things like that, because 
I like to think about two words and the usefulness of this kind of data. You know, one word is a, is a you know, think about it as a barometer, right? So how how is the industry going? How is the market trending when it comes to, um, let's say, the overall demand of, of job, job orders, or when it comes to the actual supply of talent? Um, and then for, as a recruitment agency, you can use that, you know, barometer to see, you know, kind of measure your own business and how things are going. And that leads me to my second sort of word I like to use is more of like it's benchmarking, right? So how you're benchmarking in terms of your growth of your agency, your business, um, and also the, the internal ratios that are really important to, to understand, okay, hey, are you, are you being successful? Are you being efficient? Are you, you know, what is your placement ratio, for example? How successful are you in terms of um, filling roles, whether the, in terms of using, let's say your own database versus let's say advertising. So, um, Lots of lots of interesting insights that come out of that, and I think it opens a lot of conversations too. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And then, so this year you had a new stat on agency user growth. Um, can you tell us about that and what I suppose it shows you about the impact on the market? Yeah. So what we typically look at is we first always start with that demand side. We look at job orders per account, right? Because then that's sort of a good again like barometer in terms of how things are going. And what we've seen. Um, really is this it's an unprecedented peaks, right? I mean, we, we've even gone back about five years or so pre-COVID levels and you can call it whatever, whatever you want to call it from 2000, late 2020 through 2022, call it like the golden age or the boom or whatever it is. Mm. But um, that job demand per account, of course, has cooled down a bit um, over the last six to nine months or so. But really, you know, not in a like a trough because, you know, unemployment is still very high. The overall job orders are still fairly high. Um, and actually, it's, it's, if anything, it's just kind of going back to, to, to more normal. Um, it's sort of more pre-COVID levels. So we typically look at a per account basis. But the other thing that we wanted to look at is like, well, hey, let's actually let's look at it at a per user basis. We call them users, right? Because they're users on the job adder platform. But typically, a user of the platform will be a recruiter. It will be someone who's obviously um, filling jobs, um, billing. And I think that's kind of interesting, particularly if you're running an agency, because then you want us to see, well, how what's the productivity levels that you're having on a per recruiter basis, right? Um, and, and you will be looking at that with other internal metrics in terms of number of uh, app, you know, billings per recruiter, et cetera. But this, again, is, has a view in terms of across the industry on, on how things are going. So... We've seen that also come down again, kind of off the peaks, you know, from a year or so ago or before uh, on a per user basis. And what's happened as well, you know, we've seen instead of this pretty significant user growth per account, as in like, you know, agencies adding on recruiters or users on the platform over the last few years, we've seen that growth taper down over the last couple of quarters, which is understandable, right? Because I think there's a big hiring boom um, on the recruitment side as well to keep up with the job demand. And also with the fact even, you know, more so because there was scarce talent. So you had to work harder, right. To, to be able to find that talent. Um, but then with the sort of the job demand on the order side, kind of tapering off a little bit and applications, you know, um, also coming up a bit, the recruiter productivity levels have gone down a little bit. And so you're seeing agencies are just either pulling back on hiring or sort of leveling off in terms of the, the staff that they have on average. I mean, it, it kind of depends. Yeah. Which sector you're in, this life stage of your agency, are you startup, are you mature? Um, and of course, some sectors are still going quite, quite strong like um, government or healthcare. 
Is 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 there a specific sector where I suppose the agency user growth is actually dropping? You know, we don't, we aren't actually able to get down to the sector level to be able to examine that kind of um, stats on a, on a sort of a vertical by vertical basis oh, okay. or sector okay. by sector basis. So, I've been asking the team actually, can can we capture that data? We actually don't have that within the system. Yeah. Um, but anecdotally, you know, we've sort of heard feedback from customers that you know the, the areas that are going better are like government, healthcare, some areas of construction and mining. Um, ones that are not doing as well, um, you know, IT tech to a certain degree, you know, because we knew that that was cooling off, you know, starting about nine months ago or so. Yeah, we, we've definitely seen that in the IT and tech space. Like it's definitely, it's definitely been hit the most um, from our clients at least. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, they're very interesting metrics to see how it compares with the actual job growth, I suppose. Um, for us, we we work with agencies of varying sizes across Australia and New Zealand, and and we run their back office and and work with them and and see their growth firsthand. And I suppose over the last twelve months, you can see in the report that temp advertisements and um, placements have been steadily increasing. I think it's from about one point three to two percent a quarter. Um, whilst PERM has been decreasing between about three and a half to 4.7. Um, we're certainly seeing that and hearing that and it confirms what we're hearing anecdotally from our clients. I suppose, what does that tell you about the market? And and obviously this report isn't, it's looking retrospectively. So is there any insights that you can give, you expect it to continue or is that is that a golden question? <laughs> That that is a golden question. Like there's always there's always a good question to ask is like you know how things are going. Like what what do you predict? And there's a there's a few different sayings around that. There's like one saying I like is you know um, there are two types because the prediction is usually coming from economists. And you know there's two types of economists. You know ones that um, think they can predict the future and ones that know that they can't you know predict it. Um, and either way you're just coming up with a prediction. But um, to your first point, yes. Um, I mean, you guys are seeing probably similar things as well. I mean, we share a lot of customers that 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 makes sense. Um, and essentially, yeah, you're right. Like, you know, over the last three or four quarters, we've seen consistent tick ups in the job order um, growth when it comes on the temp side, um, with almost a mirrored sort of decline by one or two percentage points per quarter uh, on the permanent side. And um, it's fairly cl classic or, or typical, right? And in, in, in the different sort of economic phases of recruitment cycles. Um, typically when there's more cooling off, um, companies are going to err toward more, you know, um, caution in terms of investing in permanent hires um, and therefore look, you know, after the, you know, maybe more temporary roles, contract roles to, to get this the work done that still, still needs to get done. Um, and often agencies in particular are more specialized um, in doing those kinds of um, placements and, and running um, uh, temp desks and temp, temp roles and contract positions. So you even see, we see this, hear this anecdotally, like you know, on the talent acquisition side, there's even sort of more of a, there's a contraction a little bit in that space, again, depends on sector. So they're relying on the agencies a bit more to help with that. Um, and so I don't know how much they, they will, it will continue to persist going forward. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll have a guess. I mean, I think things seem to be headed in a fairly 
relatively positive direction. What I mean by that is if I like to look at other markets too. I like to look at the UK, I like to look at North America, right? Because um, a lot of times those, those economies will be, will follow similar patterns. Sometimes it will just be, North America will always be a bit more extreme um, and the timing will be a little bit more advanced. And what we're seeing in the North America market is things are starting to stabilize a bit more with inflation coming down, less pressure, upward pressure on interest rates. Um, and we're still employment fairly, fairly low. And so we're starting to see some of the same movements here in Australia, um, which I think bodes well longer term, but I think you know, in, in, in the nearer term, six next six months or so, there probably still will be a little bit of cooling off, again, depends on sector by sector. And so with the, the temp jobs still though being sort of relatively seasonally higher. Yeah, it's, it's certainly very interesting, especially as you say, when you compare it to the UK and North America, we've seen a massive increase in startups in the Australian market. So it'll be interesting to see how that impacts competition because compared to those two markets, we're a tiny little fish. So it'll be interesting to see if that has an impact as well moving forward. Are you seeing a growth in startups on your platform or more mature companies? Oh, you know, um, when it comes to, so I guess the way that we would look at that is sort of it would be new customers coming onto the platform. Um, and we've, we, 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 we kind of look at the smaller startups who typically will be a recruiter that's maybe coming off from a, from a larger agency, starting off on their own. Um, and that one user, you know, um, uh, customer, one or two users, um, we had a, quite a, like a, a, a windfall to a big, um, inflow of those over the last two or three years, you know, with that recruitment boom, um. I don't think we've seen it taper off too much. Um, we haven't seen it grown. I think if anything in, in these kind of times when things are getting are, are less sort of um, uh, frothy when it comes to jobs out there, um, there will be fewer um, recruiters that are want to take that leap. Um, but we haven't seen that really slow down too much. Um, if that's if that's the question you're asking. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, look, I think it's interesting. Right? You're focusing on the stars, but there's been a lot of agencies that are perm only that are seeing what we're seeing. Obviously, the perm dropping off, like perm market softening, contracts rising. People always thinking, oh, should have or shouldn't I sort of start a contract book? And now they're looking to do it because um, yeah. obviously, as you've seen in, in what you picked up through the stats, that contracts just rising and rising and rising. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I typically, when I... I we have webinars on this um, industry report um, and my, my partner in crime is typically Greg Savage. Um, yeah. So um, I do the numbers. I'm sort of like the analyst and he does a, the color. Um, I sort of play by, I didn't play by play and he's a color guy, but um, <laughs> lots of color. <laughs> he, he, lots of color. Um, and he is, he's got a good saying on the temp side, like you know, the, the best time to start a temp desk was like five years ago. Um, the next best time is, is now. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You can't keep putting it off, especially like people when we speak to people, especially when they are setting up. What's the plan? Are you thinking about selling the business in the future? If you think about selling the business in the future, you need contracts in the business because that's where the value is. Um, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a value. It'll, it'll help pay your bills and, and sort of again that sort of table stakes at the, um, to keep things running and be that you know good hedge in the on the on the down cycles. Whereas you know a lot of permanent hires can be the cream on the top. But if you're overly relying on that, then you know you're you're much more exposed. So I suppose, uh, Martin, we we've talked a lot about the reports or the metrics that we're seeing. 
Um, on this podcast, we, we like to focus on sort of the productivity side and business efficiency side of agencies. What are you sort of seeing in the, the sort of supply versus demand aspect of, of jobs in the current market? Yeah, so, you know, it, it's, it's what's happened is, like, you know, if you think about two or three years ago where job demand was very high, um, you know, unprecedented, and then the application side was very low, like in terms of the actual supply of candidates, you're starting to see it mildly reverse itself, right? Job demand's coming down a bit, whereas applications are starting to come back up. And, and that's, applications are starting to come back up because you've got some, you know, factors like immigration and more talent mobility. Now, what's happened, and at the same time, what we like to look at in terms of, you know, for, for example, productivity is how recruiters are going about filling jobs. Um, and we like to look at the difference between what we call proactive sourcing, right? Um, which is actually utilizing, let's say your database, your network to actually fill a job versus advertising um, or using third parties. And during, sort of the height of COVID and the, the talent crunch, um, we saw was typically like a 50-50 ratio. Um, no, sorry, was typically almost like an 80-20 ratio in terms of uh, advertising versus proactive sourcing go to 50-50. So that means 50% of the time, recruiters were actually doing, they were just, they were working hard, right? They were working their network, they were working the database, you know, the, the, um, the available net network and connections that they had. Um, now with applications starting to rise a bit more, you're starting to see that go back to historical average again, like that, that 80, almost 80, 20, 75, 25 advertising versus, you know, proactive sourcing, which is sort of unfortunate, right? Because I think it's sort of a missed opportunity. Um, you know, if you, if you do use your tech stack pretty well, if you're, um, you know, building up your database and the information around that and constantly sort of reaching out to candidates, you know, whether or not they're you're interviewing, interviewing for a role or potentially keeping them warm for the next role. And particularly also on the temp side, right? Whether the, you know, the rotation of those is, is so much more um, frequent. Then it's a missed opportunity to be able to then you know, do that um, when the applications come back up and you're actually spending a lot of money. So um, I think that's um, something also we see as well in terms of placement timing, right? We see, placements based off the job based off the job better database are almost half the time to place versus you know if you're using a, a third-party source or if you're, you're trying to um, get that job through an advertising channel yeah interesting interesting i think um as you say like throughout the COVID boom certainly leveraging the network was um i was in recruitment at the time and and i was a rookie recruiter and i think it was a gold gold rush right everyone had a pick and you were leveraging the network but it's interesting to hear that that's coming back 50 50 um, and I think that that's probably what's making people pause about going out on their own potentially at the moment if they've sort of needing to focus on a few more resources and, and things like that for sure yeah I think I think technology can cut both ways right so and in, in, um, you know if you think about just the ATS or the CRM um, it automates and reduces a lot of friction in the, some of the recruitment tasks that you um, otherwise would be stuck doing, like, you know, stuck in admin. You don't want to be a slave to that. You want to be able to be talking to candidates, right? You want to be doing business development with new clients. Um, it cuts both ways, what I'm saying, because it's sometimes it's too easy then to just say, hey, I'm going to create that job order and then I'm going to, you know, spray it out to a bunch of advertising channels versus, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> Let me check 
let me look at this. Let me, you know, think about this, this potential rack, this, this job order and say, Hey, who would I actually want to match within my network or within my database before I hit that, you know, that go button. A hundred percent. And and certainly again, anecdotally, we're hearing that, um, especially in the tech sector, um, interview timeframes are extending. There's multiple stages now. Um, and, and certainly we, we obviously run back office. So we see from the whole onboarding placement onboarding to actually starting stage is, is slightly increasing sometimes from the time a client picks up the phone to us and says, Hey, I've got a, a placement in the pipeline a year ago, 18 months ago, all of a sudden that could turn into a placement in two or three days. Whereas now it might be one or two weeks. So it's, it's really interesting seeing how that's changing. Oh, it's so true. I think like the, there are jobs there you just have to work a lot harder for them now. So there's still candidates, there's still plenty of jobs. You just have to know, you know, it's very hard for a rookie now to fill jobs. Um, yeah, you just got to work a little bit harder and it may take a little bit longer, but the market's still pretty strong. Yeah, um, and I think those, those placement times, more normal sort of placement times or normal, norm, more normal sort of like interview, um, you know, timeframes um, also means that the candidate experience can get better as well. Um, and the whole experience for the employer and the actual agency. Um, I mean, it was it was crazy, you know, six, 12, 18 months ago with the amounts of counter offers and ghosting and all these other things. So, um, you know, it's, sometimes normalcy um, is, is a good thing. Yeah, no, no, definitely, for sure. Um, you were talking about um, the, um, the temp side of the business again. I'm keen to hear the feedback that you got on the, um, the Temp Express product. Because I know quite a few of our clients are using it now. Yeah, you know, we've gotten really good feedback. It's one been one of those things that's probably our, our, our biggest, you know, I, I hate to say feature because it's more than that. Um, but um, in terms of adoption rate um, by our customers, probably the, the, the highest adoption rate in term, from an, organically, um, as in, it's just a, it's a very intuitive way to be able to, to be able to get access to a lot of important information when you're running your temp desk, you know, from um, temp workers that you're, you're looking to potentially hire all the way to the ones that are, you know, obviously working, um, booked, working, and then potentially open to, to rehire. And the next big iteration of that or phase of that was how we're doing talent pooling to help really, you know, um, drive that. So you can, again, be on top of your temp desk, know, you know, who's qualified, who's not qualified, really manage that more effectively. Because there's just a lot of information that you need to be on top of. It's not an easy task you know, to, to do that because there's so much information flying about and we're you know, trying to qualify, time sheeting, all those things. So yeah, the response has been great and there's a, a lot more to come. So thanks so much, Mike, for joining us on uh, the A Positive Insights podcast. Uh, just before you go, it'd be awesome if you could just share one piece of advice for anyone thinking about or who have just actually set up a recruitment agency. Yeah, I think um, the advice I would give, I think, which is almost universal, which is not specific to recruitment, but, um, you know, it's a really important moment to, to, I guess, sort of reflect on what you think, what are your strengths? You know, what are you really good at? What gives you energy? Um, I've had a couple of different sort of, you know, career changes. And those are really important times to actually also get that feedback from someone that you respect. Like, you know, I've asked like you know, people I've worked with or mentors, like, tell me like, you know, what do you think I'm really good at? Like, you know, you have, you know, get, have someone give you, you know, be that mirror as well. Because then if you are very clear about what gives you energy, what you really like doing, um, and, you know, whether it be in terms of a type of recruitment or certain activities around recruitment, then that you should, you always need to focus on that and build from there. 
right? Because then, you know, if you then do really well at that, because you always should leverage your strengths versus trying to focus on the weaknesses, right? Mm -hmm. So leverage your strengths, be clear about that, have that self-awareness, and then always challenge yourself because you can, you can do more than you think you can. We've all got a little bit of imposter syndrome. So, you know, just put you, you won't know until you actually jump out there and do it. Yeah, that's awesome. Love it. Thank you so much. Thanks, yeah, Mark. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Take care. Thank you.